there's a choice we have to make as people, as individuals. If you want to be great at something, you have to make inherent sacrifices that come along with that. Family time, hanging out with your friends. So at the age of 18, I knew that I was not going to be stopped. This was my life. We all can be masters at our craft, but you have to make sacrifices that come along with making that decision. Welcome to Culturally Bias, where we discuss everything in the culture for the culture, including everyone except the vultures. I go by the name of Shiz Penn. It's your boy, O. Episode 65. 65. 65. Uh, yeah, yeah. Clip yes. was real airy. Eh, yesterday was a rough one. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Rest in peace to the Black Mamba, man. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Cole will be missed, man. That's a piece of young GG. Uh, Coach, I can't remember his last name. There's several people on that flight. I mean, helicopter ride. Tragic, tragic. Very tragic. Tragic. <sighs> but uh, the work he did, he'll live on for a while. Um, for sure. How you feeling, though, other than that, man? Um, no, regular one. Regular week. Besides that, I mean, other than that, working on the weekend like usual. Ain't that what Drake said? Yeah, <laughs> that's what Drake says. Life is good, though. Life is good. Yeah, all he, that. He also said a bunch of crazy stuff after that. <laughs> working um, on the weekend like usual. Got a guest in the building. Yes, sir. Uh, conversation is all overdue here on the show. Talk about uh, we talk a lot of a lot of good conversations around uh, wealth building things of that nature, but this is one topic we've yet to touch on. Yeah. So uh, called in a guy to kind of shed some light on this stuff. Uh, my guy John Proctor from We Are Stock Traders. John, thanks for joining us. All right, thank you. Nice um, to have you, man. John, I I I I, I like to start with your backstory because um, it's you know. Uh, not very common for uh, individuals like ourselves to be heavily involved in investing. Um, so, if you could start with, you know, how how you became interested in stocks, investing, things of that nature. Um. Well, so I was I was about seventeen when I was when I first got introduced to stocks. Um, fast forward a couple of years, I got land a job on Wall Street. Worked there for seven years, um, 07 to 2014. So I was around throughout the, the whole financial crisis. Yeah, you went to the... Um, left 2014 and uh, started my company. Um, we are stock traders, so I money manage my clients' portfolios. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was random? Someone introduced you? Like a person um, introduced you? A, a so book? It was kind of like a Rich Dad Poor Dad story. Okay. Um, so I grew up in Overbrook Park. Yeah. Um, hanging out... Across uh, City Line Avenue, Lower Marion, yeah. Armour. Um, I had a lot of friends out there, um, worked out there. Um, for me, I always notice going across City Line Avenue, the houses, it's the cars. Yeah, it, it's a big it changes. <laughs> it changes. Um, so a lot of my friends, their parents were into like heavy investing, right. um, stock market, or they had some high-paying executive jobs because those are the ones that can afford to live out there. Sure. Um, so one of my friends, uh, his dad was into it. Um, he kind of introduced me to it, and I fell in love with it ever since. Yeah. So okay. yeah. So it's kind of like I had to go outside my community. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. As long as you get it, though, it's a win. It's yeah. a win either way, as long as you get it. As long as you get it. Um, so on Wall Street, you worked as a trader, broker? Um, a trader. So um, I traded my client's portfolio. So we traded, um, our minimum was two two 250000 So we, you know, our clients were high net worth yeah. um, individuals. Yeah. So um, I think I learned a lot my first two two years. I learned because that was the whole crisis right. um, situation that took place. So um, I had, it was a really great experience because I get to learn how high net worth individuals. How they react and how they right. their behaviors. Um, it's, it's like the money talk is different when someone has $1,000 versus like $2 million. Yeah. Okay. Um, so getting to learn 
you know, how offshore accounts work, how, why are these wealthy people's, they paying less in taxes than the average person. So um, getting to know and understand and helping our clients do that, it, it, I guess it kind of made my process and doing my business a little, little easier. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. so, but yeah, but that's, that's, um, um, I guess a whole. The long and short of the yeah. story. Yeah. The long and short um, of it. But yeah, so for me, um, on a daily basis, um, I just, um, buy and sell stock every day, uh, for yeah. my clients, give them advice. Um, my favorite, you know, offshore accounts, we, we do those for my clients as well. Um, Cayman Islands, I'm a big, huge fan of it. Um, Sun up the LLC, um, shell companies, all that stuff. So yeah, you name it, we do it. So how about the people that make less money? How do you? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, so it it all depends on what someone want to do. So I have a lot of people that come to me that want to do stocks, but right. they don't have that lump sum of money. But I tell, I, I normally tell people, I'd rather you get started. Right. right. Um, so a lot of people, they put a few hundred or a few thousand dollars into the stocks and they build their portfolio up organically. Right. right. And once they're able to diverse in different asset classes, that's where um, different strategies um may come into play. Okay. Um, some of my clients, I do strategies for them, and they may not even know it. I'm right. setting it up for any future situations that may occur. So to give me one example, a lot of my clients, I, I put their, their portfolios inside of an LLC, kind of like what people do in real estate. Sure. Um, for the protection. Yep. Um, I had, matter of fact, I, I advised one of my clients, uh, this was, I want to say, about almost a month ago. He he wanted me to come to child support court with him <laughs> wow. for for emotional support. Support, support? yeah. So Did he, that come with the package? So, nah. So <laughs> his his concern was, um, will his stocks be affected? Right. Gotcha. Um, so. It, I, I tell people it all depends on how you set up your 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 entities, your LCs, sure. S stuff like that. Um, so for him, lucky for him, um, he owned a restaurant. Okay. Um, his restaurant brought in about six six eighty in revenue. Okay. But he net a hundred thousand. Okay. So his daughter's mom wanted that net. Right. Um. So for him, the structure that he had, which a lot of people didn't realize. Um, on paper, so it's all about on paper, right? So on paper, his mother and father own the business, so they're no longer active in the business. They're older, okay. Right. So it's just him. So on paper, that net is distributed amongst the three other ways, two. yeah, right. okay. three ways. So right. on paper, he only did thirty-three thousand, yeah. So the court's poverty thirty-three, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, his daughter mine made sixty-five, and she had two investment properties, no mortgages. So actually, they they threw away they threw out the case. Mm. Yeah, so little strategies like that. Yeah, <laughs> you gave you a, a huge hug at the end of that at the end of that proceeding. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I mean, it, it depends on what. Um, it could be something for life insurance. So we offer life insurance. Right. You know, some people get like a whole life insurance policy, but a lot of people don't know. You come to me for an insurance policy, I will educate you on how to. Divorce proof your business or divorce proof your marriage without okay. asking for a prenup. So, little things like that. A lot of people don't know insurance. To right. Do things like that. Right. So, so, well, yeah. you brought up insurance. Uh-huh. Let's talk Let's talk insurance. Okay. Because um, insurance, life insurance, can be a great investment vehicle right. that most people don't realize. Yes. Um, you know, uh, a term policy is great when mm-hmm. you die, um, but you look at a whole life policy. You can, you can really build some uh, a good amount of cash value, with a with a nice death benefit. Right. Um, can we start with explaining the difference between a term policy and a whole life policy? So, so term policy, it is what it is. It's, it's term for that duration. It has no cash. Ten year, twenty year, thirty year. Once the term duration is over, your 
expire, your your policy expires. Right. Cash value life insurance, um, it's with you forever. Usually, it'll cover to you like a hundred. Some is like a hundred and twenty. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people usually don't outlive their policy. Um, it has cash value in it. So usually, depending on the company, the cash value is guaranteed, and you make money off the interest that it occurs. Okay. Um, some may offer you guarantee like two percent, three percent with dividends. Some may offer you track the performance of the stock market. Sure. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing is is tax free returns. So a lot of people want to invest. Um, and don't have to pay capital gains, and you can do that through a life insurance policy. So that's like a a secret tool that a lot of um, wealthy it's people It's a lot of wealthy use. people that really yeah. overfund their, right. their life insurance policies. So I, I got first introduced to life insurance in 08 when a lot of, when the real estate market was going down, the stock market was going down during the crisis. A lot of our clients was calling a firm, wanted to cash out their policies tax-free. Right buying up all the foreclosed properties. Okay. So that right there, I knew that was a wealth building tool and it was a hedge. Sure. Too. So um, those clients, they did they did very well. Sure, because they bought so, at the bottom. Right. Um, they bought at the bottom, money that was just building over time yeah. that they didn't have to pay any taxes on. Right. Was able to invest that. Those properties are probably up 20, 30% right. now. Yeah, so I mean, I, I had clients that got in lawsuits they liquidated their policy. Um, I had clients that got a divorce. Sure. Their ex-spouse wanted half their assets, so they just cashed their policy out to pay them off. Right. Little things okay. like that. So, so I mean, it has its, 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 its unique benefits. So uh, let's take a young fella, early 20s. What would you recommend for that young man? Early 20s, let's say, make it an honest living, because $60,000. job. Where, 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 he sh- where should he start with life insurance? Um. It, uh, it all depends. So if if his um, main priority is cost, usually some people just get a term policy. Um, but for, if he wants to build a cash value, he can start with a small whole life um, policy where he can put money into it. And over time, he can overfund it right. um, as it grows in time. So it all depends on some people don't like cash value life insurance. Some people want to buy term and invest the difference. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, the same the same scenario. Let's say like a kid has like five thousand dollars to invest in stocks. Mm-hmm. Which way would you tell him to go, or like what would you tell him to do with the, um, the five grand? So, okay, so if he had about five thousand dollars, young guy. So for him, his time horizon is more greater than someone older, mm-hmm. right? He can put his money in the market and let it sit. So usually, someone like that, it would be more like uh, growth stocks, the Amazons, the Googles, right. the Apples. Um, older folks. Depending on their situations, people that are, are in, somebody in general that has money, it, it would have been like dividend paying stocks where they okay. can live off the dividends. But for the most part, um, young person has a few thousand dollars, few hundred dollars, open up a free brokerage account online, put it into the market and just let it sit. So. I know um, a friend of mine put me on a stock last year. It was a pharma, pharma, pharmaceutical uh, stock. And it was like, when it, go pub, when it goes public, it's gonna, gonna make some money. Mm-hmm. It never, it, it, it never went public, and uh, they never. I think it was FD, it never got approved by the FDA. Okay. And I, I actually lost money in it. And I told, I told a friend, another friend of mine, like, yo, you should invest in this too. And we just all took L's around the board. No research. Yeah. Uh, so no research. I just trusted that person. Right. And rocked out with him, and it sounded good. And I was like, all right, cool. So I did a lot of the same stuff. That's actually how I met John. I was okay. buying a lot of. Speculation stocks. So right. you take Fitbit, Snapchat, yeah. all of those stocks. I'm just thousand dollars here, fifteen hundred dollars yeah. here, just swinging for the fences, right? Mm-hmm. And I came across John's content on Instagram, so right. I hit him up. We got together and we looked at the stuff I was buying, yeah. and how I never looked at how I was purchasing my stock. He's like, "You don't even have a strategy for how you buying." And I was just buying just because, like, oh, is this may be the next Facebook. Right. He was like, and we sat there and we, we talked through the process, like, what's your goals? What you, what you, what's your plans with the stock? Right. And I was like, I don't have a plan. I'm just buying it. Yeah, that's, that's basically how it was. It was, a, it was another situation where I knew I, it was a, it was a, me and my friend wanted to invest in a Metro and Cricket. When it first started, we was like, yo, this is going to pop, like, no matter what. 
and uh, we never did it, and then I think it, we it missed out on a lot of money. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, yeah, opportunities like that. Um, a lot of people missed out on things like the Google, the Amazons. They wish they uh-huh. um, purchase um, in the early stage, but you know it happens. That's part of the sure. part of the game. But um, I usually recommend people. I mean, if they do stocks, you know, have a you know you got to have a game plan because that's a, a, a strategy. A lot of these wealthy people. He was like um, Jeff Bezos, worth about what a hundred and something billion. Yeah. All his wealth comes from the company stock. Right. right. Um, another strategy. So we could take Mark Zuckerberg. He's what eighty-five billion yep. net worth. Yeah. So my question to you: Do you think he gets paid more money than you as the CEO no. of Facebook? I don't think so. How much do you think his salary is like? I have no clue. Just a guess. If you can guess his yearly salary as the CEO. Probably like 30 grand. 30 grand. Mm-hmm. So you close most people say a few millions. So it's a dollar. So a lot of a lot of these um CEOs take one dollar salary. Okay. So the mystery is why a lot of people are confused. How how can you live off that, right? So Zuckerberg, his net worth is in the company stock. Okay. So he makes his money off the dividends. So if you own a hundred million shares of Facebook. And Facebook gives you a dollar fifty for each share you own. That's how much money you would get on a quarterly basis. Right. Okay. Right now, dividends are taxed at ordinary income. Right. So because he makes a dollar, he gets put in a less tax bracket than someone making thirty, forty thousand. Gotcha. They probably tax at what close to twenty eight, thirty percent, twenty eight percent. So to the to the people people that don't know, can you explain to what does it mean when it's, uh, a company goes public? Oh, when a company goes public, um, they it's basically they're going from private to to public. Um, they have to do what they call an IPO, initial public offering. Um, basically, when a company goes public, they are issuing shares to the to the public. Right. They're they're raising money. It's another fancy way um, to raise money for a company. So, I know last year Uber and Lyft right. um, recently went public. So I know companies. A lot of people want to see is Wawa's and and, and Ch- right. uh, Chick Fil A. Right. But those companies, they have no no desire to go public or anything like that. But right. yeah, so it's, it's basically when a company goes public, it's the first and early stage for new investors to get in. But okay. the flip side to that is the previous investors are now exiting. Yeah. Okay. So they're getting paid for being yeah. early investors. Correct. And you're paying a premium for yeah. not being an early investor. Gotcha. Yeah. So usually um, IPOs, I mean, they're hit or miss. And even um, last year was a rough year for IPOs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, people are buying in, the public are buying in, why, uh, and when all the um, early investors, they're exiting. So it's a okay. way for them to um, get some cash. Because when you invest in a private company, it's illiquid. You right. can't just sell. Right. When you want to market, you just hit that sell button and keep it moving. And even so. with with what with, with most IPOs, the hedge hedge funds go mm-hmm. they they buy up their big chunks before yeah. it's actually offered to the public, which kind of drives the price up. Yeah. So we could say like a, a IPO will be seventeen dollars, but when it actually hits the market, it's twenty four. Yeah. And that was probably a hedge fund picked yep. up a, a big piece of it and yeah. kind of. Can we talk about? Uh, some of the some of the companies that we think are traditional businesses, but they're really in other businesses. So you look at your Ubers, the McDonald's, things like that. Because me and you had a good conversation right. about that before. So, so for, okay, so one of them would be Sony. A lot of people, when I ask people how do Sony make money, first thing they say is like electronics and TVs. Mm. So their their bread and butter is life insurance, right? Oh, wow. So. They are Asian companies, so over there they're known for their life insurance and their financials. Over here they're known for like electronics, right. TVs. So a lot of people don't understand the true business model of companies. Amazon, people think it's the Prime membership. It's right. it's the AWS. You know what I mean? So once people understand how where the real money is coming from, people usually have a um, better idea. Um, McDonald's mentioned they're the real estate. Okay. So people are like, oh, they they sell burgers and fries and shakes. Uh, they they sell real estate. That's how they make their money. Right. So they're franchisers, um, and they're the biggest uh, toy distributor in the world, actually, too. McDonald's, believe it or not. What Happy Meal toys? Yeah. Yeah. They're the biggest toy distributor. They used to own um, Chipotle. Okay. Yeah, they used to own Chipotle. 
because that that, that that actually makes sense because uh a friend of mine is just like yo when apple releases a new phone you should buy a stock before they release it you usually see a spike yeah so when when investors look for companies um things they look for um is market direction mm-hmm. seeing the the direction of the company's going um and new product so that can be apple can release the new iphone that can potentially make the stock go up because that's potential more sales for the company because stocks follow profits like when the jordans get released i think they did like eight billion just off the shoe and you notice the stock price start to to go up a little bit um i think the last one that went up a little bit was I know I think like Beyonce did a deal with Adidas. Yep. So next thing you know, yeah, the stock goes up. Adidas went yeah. up yeah. So everyone wants to go out and um and buy their stock. So usually when you have like celebrities or someone of influence endorse with a company, their their stock price usually goes up. Uh you're a big fan of buying a dip. Yeah. Can you talk to us a little bit about buying a dip? Buying a dip. So today would be considered like buying a dip. So today the markets declined because of the, the fear of this virus going on in Asia. So all the stock prices went down. So for investors, that's an opportunity to buy more stocks at a lower price. Gotcha. So once everything blows over, the stock normally um, goes back up to the original levels. Okay. It was um, trading in. So, yeah, so the dip... Um, I normally tell people when you buy the dip, is all it is is when stock prices go down for whatever disturbance that's going on. So another disturbance would be um, Bernie Sanders. Okay. He's a very disruptive in the marketplace. Right. Uh, he's like public enemy number one at Walmart. So whenever he comes after them, you notice their stock goes down. Um, whenever he talks about Amazon, um, their stock goes down. He, he wants Amazon to pay. Huge they did amount two, of taxes. Yeah, yeah, 235 billion in revenue and they didn't pay no federal income taxes. Okay. So but I think people don't understand why they didn't pay taxes. So once people have a better idea, it's it's, it's a little more like, okay, it makes sense. It's kinda like with the Donald Trump. People mm-hmm. think he just woke up and didn't pay his taxes. There's a reason. Sure. Losses get carried forward for sure. twenty years. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, and that's that's very similar to uh I can't think of the individuals name uh was at like Howard or somewhere at one of the black universities know, last I, year. I, I the they kid. gave away like the forty million dollars yeah. and uh paid off the debt. Yeah. It was like it was a great gesture, but it was also a play there that yeah. over time he can he can Yeah, so that's a huge tax yeah, um, right off yeah. um for so a lot of so <laughs> so a lot of people don't know, a lot of wealthy people like to create like foundations and nonprofits because Nonprofits and foundations create wealthy people. Okay. So if you started a nonprofit and people donate to your organization, the money you put in the market, the money you put in real estate, you're gonna pay taxes on it. Okay. So it's it's, it's a tax, it's a tax play. Right. Um, a tax play could be Amazon. Amazon did two thirty five, two hundred thirty five billion in revenue. I think it was about like forty in net profit, forty billion. But the reason why they didn't pay tax is because Amazon wasn't a profitable company for decades. Right. They started in 97. They didn't first start making money, profits, in about 2014, 2015. Okay. So losses get carried forward. So you can claim those losses that you took for all those years. Oh, okay. That's why they didn't pay um, tax. So whenever someone takes a loss in the business, there's usually no taxes oh going forward. Right. So um, Trump is... You can write off a loss for up to 20 years. So Donald Trump in the late 90s took almost a billion-dollar loss. Still writing them off. So as he was going on years later and decades later, building more hotels, more casinos, he was claiming that billion-dollar loss. That's how he wasn't able to pay taxes. Okay. So a lot of a lot of investors, especially real estate investors, they don't mind losses or depreciation. So okay. depreciation would be like... You buy an investment property for 100000 Next thing you know, the property's worth ninety five. That's a $5,000 loss. Mm-hmm. You get to claim um, on your taxes. Um, I had I had clients, let's say you own 10 properties. Each property's worth hundred grand, right? Okay. That's a total of a million-dollar asset. Each 10 properties is paying you $1,000 a month because you have 10 tenants. So now you have, what, $10,000 yep. a month in real estate income 
you divide that up by 12, that's $120,000 a year, mm -hmm. right? So now you have $120,000 a year you're making off real estate income. What investors do is they go to the bank, usually an investment bank, and they take what they call an asset-based loan. Mm -hmm. They put their homes up as collateral. So you go to the bank, like a Morgan Stanley, you borrow, let's say, $800,000, right? Mm -hmm. You take that $800,000 and you go on vacation, you buy clothes, sneakers, the whole nine yards. You even buy a little yacht and a little, you charter yourself a plane, mm -hmm. right? When it's time to pay taxes on that 800000 you don't pay taxes because it's a loan, not income. Right. Make sense? Yeah. Now, you do have to pay taxes on $120,000 you're making your rental property income. Okay. But if property number one, two, and three, let's say your account says out of that 120, you owe 15 grand. Mm -hmm. Property number one needed a new roof that cost you 15. Right. Property number three needed new doors and windows. You could write that off. Okay. So, because you write that off, you just you pay no taxes. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And a lot of people don't know us. That charter plane that you brought, that yacht, so yachts are tax deductible, right? So if you buy a yacht and you claim it for at least two weeks out the year that you live on it, you can write the yacht off. Wow. Um, airplanes are tax deductible as well. So that's so why taking a, a vacation, yeah, turns into a write off for the whole Correct. year. Correct. So a lot of they they have little G four, G five airplanes or the small little eight, ten passenger plane. That's a um, tax write off. So if you claim if you fly and travel on that plane for 50% of the time in business, it's a tax write-off. So right. a lot of wealthy people, they owe all this money. They go buy a yacht, go buy a plane. That limits their whole tax wow. um, liability. So it's, I ain't going to say it's easy not to pay taxes, but if you understand um, how money works is a little more. You know, the tax law was designed for business owners sure. and, and investors, mm -hmm. not for, you know, the everyday person, the W-2 person. Right. So. So yeah, once everybody understand capitalism and how it works, it's it's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's also something that I think a lot of us as young people or uh, people of color, we also have to consider investing in rather as tax advice, mm -hmm. financial advice, where you don't look at that as an expense, you look at that as at that as an investment because that advice. YouTube is great, but like you're probably not going to get the best tax advice from YouTube unless you know you do a deep dive. But like tax advice could really save you a ton of money over time and put you in a different position because that's what a lot of us do is you, you pay so much up front that it's hard to catch up because you're just giving up so much of your income. You're giving up so much on the front end where if you pay for some good advice, you can give up less and it's a play over time. Um, can we talk a little bit about Index funds and ETFs? Sure. Um, so ETFs, um, exchange-traded funds, so they're like a, think of an ETF as, let's say if you wanted to buy a bank. You don't know if you want to buy Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, Citibank. So you have what they call the bank and ETF, where you get like best of all worlds. Mm -hmm. So instead of putting your money in one individual stock, you can put your money in basically the banking sector. So it's a little more um, diversified. They're like mutual funds. Um, then you have the index fund. You have like the S&P index. Um, you have like Dow yeah, index. Yeah. So those index are tracking the performance of an actual like index or exchange. So um, ETFs are pretty, they're pretty cool. Um, and ETFs, ETFs, like you said, can be in all types of sectors. Yeah. You can get tech, you can do yep. banking, you can do uh, real estate. Yep. You know, um, yeah. So based on your interests, you can kind of find ETF with a bunch of uh, small pieces in there. So yeah, it's, it's, it's there's a uh, uh, I mean they say it's an ETF for everything. You can get like there's a Republican ETF, there's a Democrat, there's a Donald Trump <laughs> ETF. There's so many um, ETFs out there. People create all types of things. In, in the stock market, you can invest in pretty much anything. They have sin stocks too. So sin stocks are stocks that the public kind of frowned upon. It could be like tobacco. It could be like marijuana. It could be alcohol. You even have strip clubs. You can invest in strip clubs. So you're going to notice there's a there's a few gentlemen clubs. Every time when there's like a 
a hip hop song that comes on and it's like a club song, usually their stocks go up because people are like running to the strip club right, and making it. Really. So yeah, <laughs> so you, you're gonna notice that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting when you when you see those things, those trends. Um, to to that point, with all with all the uh, marijuana becoming come becoming legal, are a lot of people buying stocks or not? So yeah, so marijuana in last year it had its its bull run, as they call it, meaning um, the stocks were going up, but the stocks have been declining. I think like all the marijuana stocks have been coming down um, lately. It's either investors are cashing out or people are losing confidence, mm-hmm. and then because there's not really too much of hype and noise around um, marijuana. I know I, I believe the president, his administration is not really yeah like a fan of it, so you you probably won't. Get, here or getting anything out of his uh, administration right. or anything like that. So um, do I invest? I, I'd probably invest in, like, one. But far as, no, I'm not. Like, if, if they legalize marijuana, I would I would say no because right. I don't I don't like the smell. Right. So I'll be, I guess I'll be the <laughs> hater. So, no, I hate I, it, too. I hate yeah, it so, much. so um, I'm, not, I'm not really a fan. I mean, marijuana stocks is okay. Only, only thing I don't – I never invest in was pharmaceuticals. I, I just – don't invest in pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I did prisons. Prisons, um, before, like, right around the time when he took office, all the prison stocks just skyrocket um, under administration. But it took a left turn because I know he's, I think it was, like, law, um, stopping or law enforcement and all that stuff. So he's actually um, for not to privatize the prisons and all right. that stuff. So um, those prisons, um, their stocks are going down. And also... Another thing, a lot of people think those private prisons, they make their money off of, you know, inmates. They make their money off the contracts. Okay. So the prisons, how they make their real money is contracts. So when you call customer service, like, uh, like call that 1-800 number, you're talking to an inmate. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Okay. Uh, like when Sprint has call yeah. centers out of prisons. Um, when you do the reservations and all that stuff like that, it's usually an inmate because why pay, you know, someone a salary, health insurance, where you pay those inmates like 10, 15, 20 cents a day. Wow. So it's cheap labor. So for the for the the company, it makes their, you know, their stock price strong okay. and their profit margins real high. So it's, it's a business at the end of the day. Okay. Yeah. What's your thoughts on uh, REITs? Um... So I have I have um, about two of them. So my favorite one is public storage because um, they pay eight dollars um, in dividend. That's like unheard of. Re- yeah, that's crazy. Um, what was it? Real estate investment trust. Um, they they normally pay high um, higher dividends. Yeah. Um, like you invest in, I know the King of Prussia. You invest in like the Cherry Hill Mall and all that stuff right. like that. Yeah. yeah. So yep. Um, okay. So if we if we go back to an individual that. It's not familiar in the market. Where would you say they should go to kind of get exposure to start learning about stocks? Um, YouTube. YouTube is you can get like an unofficial degree on YouTube. YouTube sure. is really helpful, but I wouldn't take too too much advice for it. But YouTube's a great way to get started. Um, Google. Um, there's a lot of like stock market books out there for beginners. Um, people read are very user friendly. Um, very good read, but I, I normally tell people just just do your research or attend to like seminars or online. I know there's a quite a few like online communities that have like beginning workshops. Okay. So I mean that's when I first got started. I used to go out to King of Prussia Library. They used to have um, stock market meetups every Wednesday, and I used to go there for years faithfully. So that's how I really started picking up the pace with. Um, Right. Doing the stock market. And to that point, stocks is something that you can't really do passively. You have to really be engaged for some way. Like if you're active in the market, yeah. you have to be pretty much engaged in what's happening. It's like you can't right. not go seven days and not know what's happening and then right. just like pick a winner. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So I, I tell people stocks follow profits, right? Um, as long as you're confident in that company, um, why not, right? Um, especially when you do your research. But I wouldn't put, you know, all your eggs in in one basket. Um, can you trade stocks? Yeah, but you got to have the, the the account size, of course. But the true value and the true growth is is over time when you sure. invest um, in the financial markets. Or some people are 
some people like to diversify and other markets like the bond market. Absolutely. Um, now, bonds is more... Uh, how do Okay. So bonds is more guaranteed, meaning you have corporate bonds, you have uh, federal bonds, municipal bonds. So if you had $10,000 and you wanted to buy stock in Apple or an Apple bond, when you put your money in the stock, you're you're buying ownership and you believe that the company is going to go up in price. When you buy a bond, a corporate bond, all it is is a loan, okay, an IOU. Right. So you put that bond in Apple for $10,000 and the duration can be, let's say, one year. And that year will pay you 8%. So in one year, you get your $10,000 back plus 8% return for $800. So it's more guaranteed because you get your money back. Um, companies do that when they want to raise money. Um, they issue bonds because they don't want to give up more equity in the company. So they issue debt. Okay. So it's an IOU. So it's kind of like when we buy a bond in a company, you're looking at what they call their credit rating, like how banks or lenders will look at our look credit at our score. Rating, right. So you're basically looking at the health of the company to see if they have the ability to pay you back as an investor. So basically the roles are reversed okay. um, at this point. So it's like, do you feel comfortable buying a bond in Apple versus like, Sears or JCPenney's. Right. You buy a bond in Sears or JCPenney, you probably won't get paid back. Okay. You can buy municipal bonds in the cities and states. Um, you also have to look like, hey, does Philadelphia have the ability to pay me back? Or does Candom or Detroit have the right. ability to pay me back? So right. those are the things um, you have to look for. And municipal bonds are tax-free. So that's another way a lot of wealthy people want to invest and make money and not pay taxes. So in life insurance... And municipal bonds are the two vehicles that you don't have to pay taxes on. Yeah, you kind of see the municipal. You see, kind of see the bond market spike when, you know, when the market looks like it's going to go crazy. Yeah. You see all the money kind of shift over to bonds. Yeah. So usually when the markets are, when there's uncertainty in the markets um, and stock prices go down, investors shift their money into the bond market because it's more guaranteed. Okay. Um, Federal bonds or government bonds is the safest asset there is because the government never defaulted on their bonds. So, because they have the ability to print as much money as they want. So, they're usually the safest, and it's the municipal bonds. Municipal bonds are only tax free in the state that you reside. So, if you buy a bond in Philly or PA, it's tax free. But if you want to buy a bond like in California or Illinois, you got to pay. Um, taxes on it and the crazy thing is when I tell people that you notice when you go to vote um, they have a question on there like the city needs like a hundred million dollars and, and raise money in bonds a lot of people say no right. to the bonds so that last time around a lot of people everyone said yes so the the city um, is now issuing bonds right yeah. so a lot of people say no for years every election and their reason is because they believe the city of Philadelphia it's not going to take that money and do what they say they're going to do because they need it for like potholes, mm -hmm. um, fixed holes or whatever like that. So they normally say no. So when corporations need money, they issue stock or bonds. When municipals, when municipalities need money or the government, they issue bonds or raise taxes. Right. right? So when you say no to the bonds in Philadelphia, right, they still need that money. So you get a soda tax? There it is. Okay. So they start raising the tax. So I usually tell people just say yes to the bonds, even though they can take that money and do whatever, because all they're going to do is take it out on the tax taxpayers. Right. Okay. At least with an investors, they can make money tax free, and if they default, that's on the city of Philadelphia. So a lot of people don't understand how um, bonds work. So me for every for years, ever since I probably was like twenty one, I always just say yes. I don't really care or read the question. I just say yes to the right. bonds. Okay. Uh, but I think last last time around. Um, Philadelphia finally they got enough voters to say yes um, to the bonds so last time they did they said no that's when um, the whole soda tax came to play that was that was terrible okay definitely so. brutal you get uh, do you get any clients that like are in there for the short game mm -hmm. yeah so I had a client that was like John I just just trade the account I just want to like flip I just want to make money and that's and that's what I yeah so how did the flip game go um so you got to be more hands-on you got to be you got to pay attention to the market so 
the data we use um, is more real time, so it can be something like breaking news. Mm. Or let's say last week Tesla just been on a bull run, something like that we would go out and buy um, Tesla. I normally, if I'm trading, I look for dips. So um, like when F Equifax had the data breach, the stock went down. That's something I would buy. Right. Um, when, uh, what's the American airline, when they like dragged the passenger off the plane, the stock went down. Yeah, that was, right. So that would be considered a dip. I would trade that. And I, I actually brought, uh, brought that for a lot of my clients because a lot of people started like boycotting, don't fly with them. Then that was a PR nightmare for the company. So what they did, a lot of people don't realize literally a few days later, they went on their, on their website and lowered, uh, tickets. So you can get a, like a whole round trip ticket to Miami, to California, for under $99. So for the company, that caused increase in sales. Okay. Next thing you know, the stock goes up. So little things like that I look for. So you can make, be honest with you, you can make a lot of money off of what they call disturbances. Okay. So when you hear like PR nightmares in companies, um, usually the stock will go down and people go out and buy the stock. And once it, it blows over, because the media is very influ influential. Okay. The media has the power to make like, innocent person guilty mm. and a guilty person innocent yeah. so right. usually usually the media you know they twist his words and all that stuff like that but um if your stock is in the media for good or bad yeah can you uh, talk a little bit about options trading and so, so options is when you buy options you're buying contracts you're not basically buying the stock physically it's a bet you're betting right. on um, the company on the direction of the company. Um, we do a lot of uh, um, protective puts um, when we trade options, but usually options are more one for the traders, two for people. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't usually recommend a beginner. Sure, to go absolutely. out and buy options is more is more advanced. Uh, we we have we have done option classes in the past. I think I'm doing one on Wednesday. Um, for a couple people, but um, it's a very interesting niche, though. If it's something you can yeah, get good at, yeah, it is. It's, I mean, it could be very profitable, but you're, you're not buying. You're 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 betting on um, the company, and usually when you trade options, you trade on um, margin as well. Some people short sell. Right. Uh, we short sell a lot. Um, you're borrowing shares, and you got to give it back to the broker. Um, the whole idea is to buy it back at a lower price. Right. So, yeah, so those are more advanced um, strategies for, for traders, not, not investors, anything like that. Sure. And people talk, I mean, you see the movies and stuff like that. Day trading looks exciting. Uh, but people don't realize how much work goes into being an actual day trader. Yeah, um, it, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of, um, you got to do it, you do your due diligence. Um, again, I see, I mean, you see on like social media, people trade options or anything or, or Forex or something right, like that. Right. They make it seem like this whole grand lifestyle, but a lot of people don't know they're, they're what they call demo accounts. The money's okay. not real. Yeah. Um, but again, options are any, when you trade anything in general, um, it's very intense and like, you can't just put your money in something and walk away. Right. You're buying and you're, you're quickly buying. So. Um, so what's your thoughts on you see those, those small uh, for people to get started the acorns, the chimes, the things like that what's your, what's your thoughts on those type of accounts we'll stash so, yeah yeah so they, they're very user friendly um, a lot of beginners I know they um, they go out so stash acorn they let you buy like fractional shares Fractional shares I mean if you want to buy AT&T and AT&T is $40, but you only have $7, you can buy like a small percentage on one share. Okay. Um, they let you do that. And I know Acorn, um, they they like round up your spare change. You yep. buy a coffee for $4.25, they may round it off for like $4.50, invest the rest into the market. Um, so it's very, very user-friendly. Um, it all depends on the investor. The flip side is I, I normally tell people, like, don't expect to sit at the big boy table with an acorn account, right, you know? Right. So it, it all depends. But usually I see people, 
they start off with that, then they upgrade to maybe a Robin Hood. Yeah. It's a great place to yeah. go to learn. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I think a lot of people, because it's so easy to use, people don't take into consideration, though, that there's account maintenance fees. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, Acorn's probably like a dollar fifteen a month. A dollar fifteen a month is a lot if you're investing yeah. spare change. Like, yeah. That's a good portion of probably what you put into your account on a monthly basis. Um, so it's a great place to go to learn uh, with some small skin in the game, but uh, yeah, not somewhere you want to stay probably for a long time. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't stay. I know Robinhood. I mean, they don't have a, like a one eight hundred number, yeah. so you gotta like email them. Say, yeah, I'm not a fan of like I want to talk to somebody if something happens yeah, with course. with your money or whatever like that. But um, well, even even with that, the Robinhood thing, the one thing that that gets me is like they don't send you quarterly statements or mm-hmm. anything like that. Like yeah. that's really crazy. Like, yeah. like, hey, I can't get a quarterly statement for yeah. like all my money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I guess, you know, at a time they were selling a feed, like, hey, you, you get to trade for free. But I'm like, yeah, that's great. But if you die, like who who gets notified that Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I think they don't have so most brokerages, what they I don't think they don't normally tell you, but they have what they call a TOD form, transfer on death. So it's like, yeah, if someone dies, the 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 beneficiary will get notified. Sure. Or after a while, so let's say you have an account and there's no activity for a while, um, whoever's on that form, they normally start to reach out to. Or if that person, let's say your wife knows you have an account, she can call in and and, and liquidate um, the account. But there have been some times where people had accounts. And it's just been sitting there. They go on claim, right? Yeah, they go um, to, um, let's say if you live in Philly or anywhere in PA, they go on um, PA uh, unclaimed. Yeah. Um, it's like millions of dollars. Yeah. Money, yeah. It's a lot. So a lot of people, I, I've been on um, there for people, and they had like old bank accounts. Um, they had like a refund check that was owed to them, and, and they never never knew GameStop is, is is a very popular one everyone has something from GameStop a credit <laughs> um for them so I know I think everyone I went on there has something from um from GameStop so um yeah so that's how that's how it works I normally tell people um when you do open up a brokerage account sign those papers right those transfers right. it's kind of like you adding the beneficiary on your life insurance policy right. um but yeah before we wrap up what's your thoughts on if you have for a young parent that has uh, small children, um, what's your thoughts for investing for your child outside of like a 529? Um, so it all depends. Um, some some people like to do like their little college yep. college plan. Some people do the cash value life insurance. Sure. Um, you have um, those UGMA accounts. Um, you put uh, their accounts for your children, yeah. um, like a little junior um, account. So it all depends on what the person, uh, what is their goal. Uh, we've done 529 plans um, in the past. That's just for a college plan. Some people even um, open up like a, I forgot the name of it, but it's for like high school and, and middle school, private school. So there's there's a lot of accounts out there. But for the, for the let's say the single mom with two kids, um, they don't have maybe the cash flow or the capital. Um, I probably give them like a life insurance policy where they can build the cash value. At least they know it's safe. Right. Um, some people they were like, "Hey, John, I have that, but I want to open up a Robinhood account, put thirty, forty dollars a month, and just keep see doing it. it. Yeah, and see what it does. So it all depends on uh, what the person now." Someone says, John, I have 50000 or 100000 Now we can... <laughs> I can show you some yeah. stuff we can do. <laughs> yeah, I can, we can talk about going offshore to the Cayman Islands or something like that. Yeah. So, and, and the crazy thing is, like, to go offshore, like, this, the filing LLC here in PA is only $125, right? You can do the same thing in the Cayman Islands. So you can get... So there you can get a LLC. Um, it would be registered in St. Kitts, and your bank right. account is in Belize. Right. Okay. Um, you get a little... Uh, P.O. box over there. Um, you even get a uh, mailing address too. So you're you you're a legit business in to the U.S. You're a foreign entity. It's over there, you're a domestic entity. Right. And now you're paying their corporate tax rate, which is zero percent, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I, I I had I had I did that before um, for people. They open up an account, and all you got to do is let's say you bank with Bank of America. You go inside Bank of America, and all you do is just make a a wire transfer into the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. 
So as long as that money's over there, it's protected. You get divorced, your your wife wants half your money. She don't have no jurisdiction over there. It's a different it's a different uh, jurisdiction. So it's how much, yeah. So yeah, so offshore is uh, is is. Crazy. I mean, I'm talking about you can go Jamaica, Switzerland, Mexico, and it's like the average person can do it. Right. But again, the average person. Um, doesn't know shit. You can even open up a trust account, put your assets in a trust. Once right. you put your, once you put your bank account, your assets, your real estate in a trust, um, irrevocable trust, you give up ownership. Okay. So you no longer own the real estate. You no longer own the Part stocks. The trust. the trust owns it. So when someone sues you, you don't own anything. Okay. So a lot of wealthy people, you hear this, you hear the model. Um, we don't own anything, but we control everything. Right. So that's I think John Rockefeller. Um, that he's famous for that line. So, yeah, so it's so many things. I mean, the everyday person can do it. I mean, if you own, you can put your life insurance policy in the trust. Once you put it in the trust, um, you immediately set up your, your your family for for generations to come. Okay. So, yeah. That's crazy. Um, got anything else, though? No. Anything you want to tell people before we go, John, man? Um, yeah, so if anyone's interested, I'm actually doing a, I'm actually getting back into doing the seminars. Uh, February 6th, Thursday, February 6th at 6.30. So at my office, I'm located 16th from Washington in uh, South Philly, right off of Broad Street. Okay. So it's a free seminar for beginners. Um, last time I checked, it was like 30 RSVPs. So I haven't done the seminar in... It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a while. It's been a while. Um, so yeah, so I told myself I was going to get back in it. Uh, for this year, so if anyone's interested, they're more than welcome. Yeah, I um, I strongly up. recommend it. I mean, if you just want to learn, and you'll be in a room full of other people that's interested in stocks, so the conversation is always interesting when you hear people at all different levels of investing, just talking about different strategies and how to get started. Um, me as a beginner, I felt very comfortable in the room, and I got to learn a lot. Um, didn't feel like I was in a room where I didn't belong or anything like that. Everybody was willing to share. So it's a good environment um, if you're invest if you're interested in getting started with investing, um, and if not, man, get started either way on your own. Whether you attend a seminar, it's no time like the present. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We out of here until next week, man. Yes, sir.